This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, we begin talking about faith again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And he says, Therefore, do not lose heart. Don't give up. Don't give up. Now, anytime I see words like that, it, it's like a warning. This, this is going to happen if you're not careful. And so he says, Don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. And what he's talking about our outward man is this, this earth suit. That's what I call this. This is an earth suit. Okay? This isn't the real me, alright? This, this dude, believe it or not, the older it gets, it, it gets a little more wrinkled. It begins to decay. And so he's talking about, yep, the outward man is, is beginning to, to, to perish. Yet the inward man, now that's the real you. That's what will spend eternity in heaven. That's in your heart. And he said, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day by day by day by day by day. And so I look at the analogy here. As long as I'm on this earth, this physical man, he's got to be renewed Day by day by day. How many of us eat every day? Yep, we're renewed every day in the belly. And how many of us renew this physical man daily in the area of sleep? Every one of us. Now that may vary. Difference in hours. But again, he begins to give us a liking in here that the same way we renew that that physical body on a daily basis, I got to stay in the word. I got to renew this spirit, man. I got to feed it every day. You feed your faith and it'll starve your doubts. How do I do that? I got to get in the word. I got to take time to fellowship. I got to hang around God. You know, there in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, there was two women, two sisters, Mary and Martha. And, and Martha was consumed with servants. But she went overboard, man. She was just busy, 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 busy. And, and Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, Martha, girl, you got to chill. Sister Mary has found the, the good thing. And he said that good thing was to sit at Jesus' feet and hear the word. And so literally what he was saying, take time to get in my presence on a daily basis and hear the word. Keep ready. Verse 17. For our light affliction, our troubles, our hardships, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen. Now this is an incredible statement here. We're going to have to really break this verse down. While we do not look at the things that are seen. Now, Paul here is not telling us to ignore those things. But he's saying, don't keep on looking at them. Don't keep your eyes gazed or focused on just all the things you see in the natural. Why? What we continue to look at, what we continue to focus, that's what we become. So he says, 
starting again, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. Now, when I look at that, I think, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, we look at the things which are not seen. How can I see things that are not seen? You know what he's getting over to? He's getting over to the eye of faith. And so think about it in this sense. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we go back and we think about what is faith. Faith is a byproduct of the Word of God. So literally Hebrews 11.1 could say, Now faith is the Word of God. And faith of the Word of God gives substance for the things hoped for. And so again, it's, it's of the Word of God. Now, I could take you back to Romans 4, verse 17, and it says, As it is written, God calls those things that be not as though they are. That's what God did. So literally, He was looking through the eye of faith. So if we were to go back into Genesis 1, on 10 different occasions, God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, let there be light when there no light, but when God spoke, let there be light, there became light. So now we begin to see, he's talking about faith here, he says, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are just temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So again, just in the natural I've never seen Jesus in the natural, but I still believe in Jesus. He'll be eternal. How many of you have ever been to heaven? Maybe you've been to heaven in a dream or vision. Some of you maybe. I've never been to heaven yet, but I still believe in heaven. And so again... The reason I'm able to believe in Jesus, and you're able to believe in Jesus, and you're able to believe in heaven, for no other reason but the B-I-B-L-E tells me so. So again, if we have enough faith to believe in Jesus, and we have enough faith to believe in heaven, then we might as well just go all the way and start believing everything that the Word of God says. And so again, I can be what the Word of God says I can be, I can have what the Word of God says I can have, and I can do what the Word of God says I can do. That may be a revelation for you right there. But again, that's how much God loves us. Now, turn way back into the New Testament, right before Revelations, to the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. So again, let God's Word dictate my actions. And the way that begins to happen, I, I can't be moved by what I see. I can't be moved by what I feel. Again, he wasn't saying ignore them and act like it never happened. He's just saying, look through the eyes of faith. 1 John 5, verse number 1. Whoever, whoever, me and you are whoever. Whoever believes, whoever has faith. That Jesus is the Christ, is born to God. Now right there, that's how you get saved. And everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him, who was begotten of him. Now he's talking about basically 
This becomes the family of God. Every one of us in here that have accepted Jesus as the Lord of our lives, we become the family of God. Verse number 2. By this, by salvation, by believing in the Lord Jesus, we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and we keep His commandments. Now, it's interesting here that faith brings me into a loving relationship with God. But it's interesting right there in verse 2, he says, To love God is to obey God. So I can stand up here tonight and I can say, I love God, I love God, I love God, I love God. But the real proof that you love God is to obey God. And so that's how you're really identified in God's eyes. If you love me, then obey me. Verse 3. For this is the love of God that we, the ones that have received Jesus as Lord of our lives, we keep his commandments. Now, when you keep Jesus' commandments or God's commandments, I, I can never find one place in the scripture where the Lord said to obey my commands it's going to be easy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be popular. He never said that. But he does tell us over and over, we got to obey. So he said, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And, 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 his commandments are not burdensome or troublesome. So now it becomes the self-discipline of obeying him. But again, he said, to, to obey him shouldn't be burdensome. So God's word says, don't forsake the assembling together. And so how that would be burdensome would be, as a believer, you'd stomp your foot and say, man, I don't want to go to church today. And then when it comes time for tithes and offerings, you stomp your feet and you say, I, I, I hate doing that. I hate this part. I don't like to worship. I don't. And so guess what? You're obeying, but your attitude stinketh. It's not a sweet-smelling aroma to God. So again, I believe right here, we can obey God, but we got to obey God and do it cheerfully. And so honor is in my attitude, obedience is in my action. I can obey, but I can have a sorry attitude. Has that ever happened? Yeah. I remember my dad would tell me, now listen, when I get home from work, every bit of that trash in this house ought to be empty. And so you know what? I would do it. And you know why I did it? Because I feared daddy. But I didn't do it with a good attitude. Oh my gosh, I'd kick the rocks all the way out there and say, I hate doing this, I hate this. And then half the time, you know what would happen? My dad would get home and he'd say, come here. And I'd look and he'd say, come here. He'd drag me out to the alley and he'd say, look at that. You missed the dumpster, half of it's on the ground. And you think, oh. And so again, you can obey God and you can obey God with a sorry attitude. Sounds like you've done that, Pastor. I have before. Verse 4. For whatever. For whatever is born of God. Now, the whatever here is really a whoever. It's a person because, again, the New Living says, every child is born of God, overcomes the world. So you and me, we're whoever's. And when he said whoever, that's what he meant. He didn't say the, the black, the brown, the white. He said whoever. 
He didn't say the educated or the uneducated. He didn't say the poor or the wealthy. He said, whoever. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Keep reading. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Okay? Because of Jesus, we've overcome the world. Now, when he talks about the world, he's not talking about this physical planet called the earth. Actually, when he talks about the, the world in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says the God, little g, you can look at it, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, he said, the God of this age or the God of this world has blinded their eyes. If we were to look at 1 John 4, 4, right across here, it says, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Well, guess what? We all live in this planet called Earth. But he wasn't referencing the world as the planet. He was referencing the world as the godless system that the devil's in charge of. Do you know the devil's in charge of this world? That's why it's such a mess. That's why it's chaotic. And so he says in great information here, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What has overcome the world? Now look real close at the end. Our faith. Our faith, our believing in the Lord Jesus is the reason we can overcome. So that's why faith is so important. That's why God emphasizes the message of faith. So again, we talked about this last week. The devil's after your faith. He does not want you getting in the Word. If you remember last week, the parable of the sower, Mark 4, verses 13 through 20, it lists all the things that he'll do to come after the Word. The minute you hear it, he comes after you. The minute you hear it, he begins to cause things to happen. He doesn't want you getting in the Word because without the Word, you can't have faith. And without faith, you can't believe God. So again, our faith. He's after your faith again right here. Now, turn with me to the Old Testament to Jeremiah chapter 1. I, I love that part there. And this is the victory and has overcome the world, our faith. What would happen if I would have read it this way? Without faith, there is no victory. Without faith, you would have never believed in Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1, let me get there. It's a powerful, powerful part of Scripture right here. I don't know if you've ever read the entire book of Jeremiah. I encourage you to read that. It'll stir you up. Jeremiah 1, verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and the Lord touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Now, we know biblically that God's Word is dynamic, it's creative. There in Hebrews 4.12 it says, The Word of God is alive, and the Word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So, God touched Jeremiah's mouth, and he puts his Word in his mouth. 
Why would God put his word in your mouth for us to speak it? So right here, he begins to reveal to me and you the significance of speaking the word of God out of your mouth. The word rhema literally means the spoken word. So what's taking place here is God tells Jeremiah, he said, listen. You start telling my people the word of God. You emphasize the word of God. Verse number 10. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdom. I've appointed you to stand up with my word. To root out, pull down, destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. Now again, he's telling this, and remember, you've got to keep the thought in the back of your mind. He, he touched his mouth. He put the word in his mouth. So if you were to look at verse 10, the starting there where it says to root out, to pull down, destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. That is cross-reference to 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. Now what does 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5 say? It says that the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, nor are they of the flesh, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. A stronghold is a lie that is formed in your mind. And then verse 5 of, of 2 Corinthians 10, it says, we are to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So right here, he was telling Jeremiah, you tell the people, you capture every thought. And you begin to speak the word of God. So you remove that stronghold, that lie, and say, uh-uh, uh, no, no more. And you replace it with the word of God. Verse number 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Now, I believe he's saying to him, what do you see through the eyes of faith? What do you see through the word? And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. So now we have to think, what about the almond tree? And the almond tree is one that it blooms very early in the spring. And it literally says this about the almond tree. It is ready and it is watching. Man, it is ready and watching. So it's, it's ready to go. It's jumping the gun on the rest of the trees. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well. For I am ready. I am alert. I am active. I am watching. I am anticipating. I am on the lookout to perform my Word. Now this is one you really, really want to mark here. You want to get this one in you, okay? You know what this tells me? God's committed to His Word. God is committed to His Word. It's if God is saying, God and the Word of God are synonymous. They go hand in hand. Like a Christian and committed. As a Christian, I should be committed. If I was to ask you as a Christian, how committed are you? And you said, well, kind of. 
I would question you. That's kind of like being married. If I ask you, how married are you? Well, kind of. Be like asking a pregnant lady, how, how pregnant are you? Well, kind of. That's how committed God is to his work. And so when I, I begin to sit here and I look at this, God's committed to his word. That means a full-time proposition. It tells me that God is all in. So I'm, I'm shaving this morning. And while I'm shaving, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm meditating on this. I'm, I'm pondering this. I'm kind of chewing on it and I'm thinking, God watches over his word to perform it. So it, it's if God is, he's scanning the earth. And it said he's, he's, he's not watching over your circumstances to perform. He's, he's not watching over your situations. He's actually watching over his word to perform it. So guess what he's doing? He, he's looking from heaven and he's trying to get attention from anybody on the earth who says, I, I got to get a hold of the word of God. This is how big the word is. I mean, if, if God is looking from the heavens, and so as I looked at this, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, you've got to incorporate the word of God into your mouth. You've got to incorporate the word of God into your praying. That's why it's so important that we learn the word of God. And so I sit there and think about that. Man, I just begin to meditate. And I meditate and I say, man, Father God, you're that committed to your word. But you watch over it. You stay alert. You're fixed to perform it. So how do I get the word of God into my prayers? Well, let me just give you a couple illustrations. And they're all in Ephesians. Ephesians 5. This is an area of marriage. And God said, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Nourish and cherish. And wives, submit, respect and honor your husbands. So I can incorporate that in my prayer because God's word said that. So I can go before God and I say, Father God, I thank you right now. My marriage is full of love and respect. My marriage is full of honor. And you say, well, you've never been in my house. We fight like cats and dogs. Again, you're focusing on the things you see instead of what you don't see. Now, God's not acting like this is a magic wand. Tap your toes together three times, Toto, and we'll be back in Kansas. No, but something happens when I begin to speak the word of God and I continue to speak it. And so when I go before God and I say, Father God, I thank you that my marriage is full of love and respect. Guess what the word of God said? It said right here in Joshua 1.12 that God is watching over his word to perform it. So it's like a magnet. He says, angels, angels, did you hear what Philip's praying today? It gets God's attention. How about in your parenting with your children? Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 2, it says, children, honor and obey your parents. So you could go around and say, man, my kids are rebellious. They never listen. They're hard-headed just like their daddy. 
Or I can go back and I begin to pray and I said, Woo, Father God, I thank you that my kids, they honor and obey me as mommy and daddy. And again, if I'm not careful, I'm saying, that's so far from the truth. So again, I'm speaking, I'm beginning to pray the word of God. How many of you are in great tests and trials right now? Ephesians 6.10, the Lord said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so when you're in, in strong temptations and battles, instead of saying, oh, woe is me. I want to pull the sheets back over my head and go back to bed. You begin to say, oh, thank you today, Father God. I'm strong in you, Lord, and in the power of your might. And guess what? He just said there in Jeremiah 1, he said, he's scanning, he's watching over his word to perform it. And it isn't it interesting that he said to Joshua or Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, I'm putting the word on your tongue. I'm putting it in your mouth. So when he reveals all this, he's saying, you speak the word, you speak the word, you speak the word, because guess what? I'm watching over it to perform it. So something begins to happen. And you stay with it. Don't lose heart. Just stay with it. How long till it happens? I'm not God. I'm just telling you what God said. But I just keep speaking. I keep speaking. I keep speaking. I keep speaking to the mountain. And oh my goodness, that's as far as I'm going to get. See, again, I just want you to see how much God emphasizes His Word. Without the Word of God, guys, I'm going to tell you, we're going to become derailed. And so learn to incorporate the Word of God into your speaking, your confessing, and even in your prayer life. Begin to pray the Word of God over your life. I don't care what area of your life you're struggling. Find that word and say, okay, Father God. And just remember, woo, God is alert. He's watching over his word. And he's going to perform it. He's going to move. Okay? And I don't know if I'm more excited about this than you guys. Maybe I ought to shave again tomorrow and see what happens. Why don't you stand up? Woo, I didn't get very far. Let me just end with these thoughts I just wrote down. What happens with every one of us in here? There's two voices. Both of these voices voice their opinion. One is the voice of unbelief and doubt. The other voice is the voice of, of faith. The voice of unbelief and doubt says, you, you, you shouldn't, you couldn't, and you wouldn't. Actually, that's the wannabe family. Shoulda, woulda, and coulda. But the mouth of faith says this, you can and you will. Guess which one wins? The more I hang out with one, the more I speak about, the more I talk. So if you're talking doubt and unbelief, that's what's going to end up happening. But if you begin to speak by faith, man, you'll, you'll, you'll drown out your unbelief. Listen what the definition of unbelief is. Oh, this rocked me. Unbelief implies that an individual has been offered the opportunity to believe, but he's rejected it. Woo, see that same word? We're whoever's, every one of us in here. The same Jesus that saved you is the same Jesus we live with. So again, man, you, you take that word of God, which is the sword of spin. I'm telling you, you get in the word and God will get into you. I'm, I'm going to give you permission. Just get, just get fat in the word. Just blah, blah, blah. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.